Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about the earliest evidence of humans changing their ecosystems with fire, how scientists may have overcome Heisenberg's uncertainty principle, and whether social media might be hurting your memory. Let's satisfy some... What is it? Oh, curiosity. Get it, because memory. I get it. <laughs> cool. You know, there are a lot of myths out there about quote-unquote cavemen, but it turns out that some of our ancestors did, in fact, live in caves. I mean, kind of cozy, right? Well, one such cave in South Africa, researchers have uncovered evidence of the earliest human activity we've ever found, activity that was essential for our advancement as a species. South Africa's Vandeverk Cave in the Kalahari Desert is one of the world's great archaeological sites. Its oldest artifacts indicate that ancestral humans were hanging out in the cave at least 3.3 million years ago, and this new research shows they'd made it a permanent home by about 1.8 million years ago. Now, we're not talking cave-dwelling hermits. The evidence shows that the cave was shelter, kitchen, workshop, and more for generation upon generation of ancient humans. It was continuously occupied for thousands of years. And get this, since the archaeological site is sheltered by the cave, both the artifacts and the earth they're buried in have been more or less uncontaminated. That lets archaeologists date the artifacts they find with a lot more accuracy than they can with artifacts that have been exposed to the elements. One of the most exciting finds are what researchers call Oldowan stone tools. These are early tools that were probably made by hitting stones against each other to break flakes off and create a sharpish edge for chopping. But the residents of this cave weren't totally content with that tech. Just over a million years ago, more advanced hand axes start showing up in the archaeological record. And that's not all. Evidence from the dig shows that another technological revolution swept the cave at about the same time the purposeful use of fire. This is where digging in a cave becomes really important. At open-air sites, it's impossible for archaeologists to know that ancient fires were set by humans rather than, say, lightning. But the researchers are confident that the burned bone and ash they found were a result of human activity. Now, these findings did not come easy. The artifacts were buried as deep as 8 feet, or about 2.5 meters, below the surface— and the researchers relied on two techniques to date the artifacts. One method is called paleomagnetism, and it's a very difficult-sounding technique that involves measuring the magnetism of the surrounding soil and comparing it to Earth's magnetic field at different points in time. The second technique relied on radioactive isotopes in grains of sand that indicate how long it's been since they were last exposed to radiation from the sun. Research so simple a caveman could do it? Don't get me started. Heisenberg's uncertainty principle is one of the strangest things in quantum physics. It tells us that there's a hard limit to how accurately we can measure a particle's position and momentum at the same time. Although it seems counterintuitive, this uncertainty is a fundamental aspect of physics, rather than a limitation of our technology. But a recent paper challenges our understanding of the uncertainty principle, and may have even broken it. The experimental setup was pretty extreme. 
The team used a pair of drums so small that they needed photons to play it. Then they cooled these drums to one hundredth of a degree above absolute zero. Talk about cold. The team first pummeled the drums with photons to bring them into an entangled state. See, quantum entanglement is known as spooky action at a distance for a reason. Two entangled objects can affect each other, even at great distances. And spooky it is. So far, scientists have struggled to explain why this happens. But the entanglement of the drums added a necessary aspect to the setup. It meant that the two drums beat in opposite phase to one another. One would be at its peak, while the other was at its floor. And that coordinated action is the critical part, because they're both beating in sync. The uncertainty across the system seems to cancel out. Scientists were able to measure both the drumhead's position and momentum simultaneously. In other words, no more uncertainty. I'm certain Heisenberg would have something to say about that. More research will determine if the uncertainty principle was really broken, or if the paradox can still be explained using the principles we currently understand. But either way, the experiment is an important contribution to physics. These tiny drums could be used to take extremely small measurements, and the team is hoping they can use them to study gravitational waves and dark matter. And in addition to the new information about the uncertainty principle, the researchers' use of larger entangled objects is a promising part of the work happening with macroscopic quantum objects. In this case, the entangled drums were about one trillion atoms large. In quantum terms, that's a pretty big collection of atoms to entangle. Entanglement of larger objects like this could be used in quantum computers to send and store information, which would be an important advance in technology. So, whether or not we've broken a fundamental principle of physics, the fact that these drums could be entangled at all is pretty exciting stuff. So it sounds like these particles were marching to the beats of two different drums, quantumly. <laughs> I think that's right. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Probably find some precious memories when you scroll through your old Facebook or Instagram posts, but there might be a better way to remember them. Here's a clip we remastered from 2018 that might help you remember things a bit more clearly. What's your favorite social media site? You know, it used to be Facebook, but I'm really getting into Twitter. Yeah, yeah. You've you've watched my Twitter transformation. It's been fantastic to watch. <laughs> you should follow us on Twitter. We'll put links in the show notes. I'm at producer Cody. I'm at Smashley Hamer. Yeah. Well, today Curiosity dug into how social media impacts your memory. We looked into this because a new study suggests that just by sharing a story or a photo, that's enough to form a less precise memory of an event. That's weird because usually people share those things to. Keep those memories to make sure that they have them forever. Right, exactly. That study happened, and we wanted to know: is is this a fault of social media, or is this just taking the picture in general? So we'll get into it. This is a study out of Princeton University, and it had participants watch a video or take a self-guided tour of a location on campus. In the first experiment, they watched a video of a TED talk online and followed one of six sets of instructions: either watch the video and do nothing, think about the video while watching it. Write about totally irrelevant stuff around them while they watched, like the lamp in the corner, or write down their thoughts about the video while watching. The last group was told their writing would either be erased, returned to them, or shared with others. So lots of different groups. The second experiment asked participants to simply take a self-guided tour, or to take pictures without sharing them while they were doing it, 
or to take pictures with the intention of sharing them on Facebook during the self-guided tour. And it turned out that even having the intention of telling other people about their experience was one of the worst ways to make sure an event stayed in their brains. The people who recorded an event performed about 10% worse when they were asked to remember details of the experience a week later. But that decreased performance popped up whether they shared those experiences or not. So just the intention decreased their performance. Instead, it was the act of reproducing the experience that made memories falter. That's rooted in the theory of transactive memory. And that describes how we divvy up data between our internal storage, which is like our own brains, and our external storage, or anything else, from notepads to Facebook to other people's brains. The big takeaway from this study is that if you want to be able to easily remember a full, rich experience, then you should focus on experiencing it and not on recording it. But the study also found that all of the participants reported enjoying themselves about the same amount, whether they were recording or not, in the moment. So snap those photos if you want, but just know that you might have a harder time reliving them in your head later if you do. All right, well, let's recap what we learned today. Starting with the fact that we just found the earliest evidence of humans changing their ecosystems with fire. In a cave in South Africa, researchers found both Oldowan stone tools and evidence of fire, and they used some pretty high-tech techniques to date them and figure out that they were, in fact, the oldest evidence of this human activity that we've ever found. Technology, am I right? Definitely. I wonder if they said that people were, like, addicted to fire back then. It's like we're addicted to <laughs> our screens. Oh, man. Fire is ruining the youth. Ugh, why don't you enjoy the pitch darkness? <laughs> Stop working on your tools by the fire. Fire ruining youth. Youth, no, go outside anymore. <laughs> exactly. We also learned that researchers have challenged Heisenberg's uncertainty principle with a very extreme experiment. They played two impossibly small drums by bouncing photons off the drum heads at temperatures near absolute zero. And they were able to measure the drum heads position and momentum at the same time, which is a big deal. Also a big deal was that the drums were the size of about a trillion atoms. You know, I think you could make a whole tiny orchestra if you joined these teeny tiny drums with the world's smallest violin. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you sure could. Mm -hmm. And and we learned there's evidence that suggests that the act of reproducing an experience can actually make your memory of an event less sharp, you know, by taking pictures or video and sharing it on social media. If you want to better remember an experience, then you might want to focus on being in the moment during the experience, not by recording it. I just loved that clip because I was like, a little baby Twitter user who's like, I'm kind of getting into Twitter. I remember that era where I was like, I had to, I had to consciously like open up the app and, and make myself use it every day. And now it's just, it's just a monkey on my back. <laughs> I can't get rid of it. And as a reminder, Ashley is still way better at Twitter than I am. No, <laughs> I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'm not even, I'm barely even on it anymore. That was my jam for years. And then Hi-Ho came along and now I'm just kind of kind of done. But, you know, this story is actually one of the reasons I kind of fell off Instagram. I haven't posted, I've posted on Instagram like once in the last several years because I started to see everything, like see everything that I saw around me through this filter of how can I get a picture of this on the gram and hashtag it. And then it became like a chore 
So every cool thing I saw, I couldn't just like see a funny sign on the sidewalk. Like I couldn't, I, there was this bar right by my old apartment and I would walk by and they had all these really stupid signs on the chalkboard outside. It would say something like, come in and get one beer for the price of two. Your second beer is free. Which like just means you're paying full price for two beers. And that's like stupid and funny, right? But like I had to get to the point where I could just walk by, read that and laugh and have it be funny versus like walk by, look at it, think, okay, and I got to frame this shot for Instagram. Then I got to hashtag it so people can find it. And then I got to put filters on it. Like it was just, it's a chore. It was too much. And then I probably wouldn't even remember it. So that does sound like a chore. And yeah, you've been, you've been actually really healthy with social media. You like took Twitter off your phone and it's back on my phone now. Oh, okay. Well, you did that for a while, and that was good. <laughs> Today's writers were Grant Curran and Brianna Brownell. Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer. Our producer and audio editor is Cody Goff. Instead of uploading your latest selfie, why don't you just share this podcast on social media? Don't worry. I'm sure you'll still remember it just fine. And then join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. Stay curious.